Hey everybody, welcome to Living in Control. I'm Amiza Abraham. And I'm Reza Abraham. In this episode, we are going to talk about consistency. Consistency is the second of the three cornerstones in the in control model. Let's find out what it is and how it helps us to be in control. So stick around. We have covered the first cornerstones in the in-control model, that is contentment, your ability to live a happy life without regrets. If you missed it, uh, you can listen to episode 5 and 6 of Living in Control podcast, where Reza shared why it is important for us to remember to be content and happy while pursuing an in-control life and career. But right now, let's talk about consistency, shall we? Yep. All right. So, um, first things first, right? What is consistency and why is it this um, consistency is the second cornerstone of the in-control model? Yeah. So, consistency is your discipline to stay committed in order to see the change. Mm. So, Warren Buffett said, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Mm. So, what most people always suffer when it comes to achieving their goal is that they know they should do something, they can do it, but they're not consistent in doing it in the long term. So they try a few steps, but sadly, they just give up once life gets going and they become busy mm. with their day-to-day -day activities. It's, it's always hard to concentrate on your dreams when you must keep food on the table. True. So people in general are capable of being committed to a goal and stay consistent, but usually they lose power, you know, either when they are in the wrong direction or they find it hard to set the goal as their top priority. Mm -hmm. Or there is no system to just hold them accountable towards their dreams, you know. So that means they commit to wrong things or consistently procrastinate mm -hmm. things that they yeah. should do because there is lack of mechanism to hold them into it. So they know it's very important, but they just keep putting it off, putting it off. Mm. So to create a new set of commitments and become consistent, there is a major realignment that it's needed in our life. Yeah, that that's uh, why I think discipline can make it or break it all. Yep. And to be honest, I really struggle in this area. Okay, so what kind of uh, realignment you, you you need in order to get consistent? So the first one mm -hmm. is to find our purpose. Okay. You see, Mark Twain said, the two most important days in our life is the day you're born and the day you find out why. So mm. finding our life purpose is probably the discovery of a lifetime and gives a profound meaning to our life too. Mm -hmm. You know, Jack, uh, Jack Canfield, the co-author of uh, A Chicken Soap for the Soul, talks about clarifying our purpose or what is the why behind everything you do, you know, or Simon Sinek, the author of Start With Why said, mm, My favorite author. Yeah, people, <laughs> people don't but buy what you do, mm -hmm. they buy 
why you do it. You know, I, I can name like hundreds of other wise men and women who spoke about the purpose, mm. the why, you know, and the meaning in doing everything. But most people find it hard or even fail to find their life purpose. But, but why? Now I sound like my son. <laughs> why? <laughs> I, th I think we're just asking the wrong question. Okay. You see, people always asking, what, what's, what's the meaning of life? You yeah. know, the, the correct question to find is that what gives our life meaning? You see, mm. finding what, what you are good at mm -hmm. and what you enjoy might tell you which areas you can excel in. But mm -hmm. life purpose has a deeper meaning to it, you know, which I have found that the best way to discover is through the Japanese concept called Ikigai. Ah, the Japanese secret recipe to yeah. live a long and happy life, right? Correct, Nani? correct. correct. <laughs> care, to, care to share more about Ikigai? Yeah, so basically Ikigai is rooted from this rural town called mm -hmm. Ogimi in, uh, in Okinawa. Ogimi, not origami, right? No, no, no. <laughs> so this, this place held one of the largest number of centenarian on earth. That means the people basically who lived more than 100 years. Centenarian. But, yeah. So, but, but what's interesting about them is that these early, early people mm -hmm. are still healthy, physically, mentally, and emotionally fit. Mm. So, well, that really, you know, when I first heard about it, it grabbed my attention to know mm. how they are doing it, mm. you know. And that's where I got introduced to Ikigai a couple of years ago as mm -hmm. one of my, uh, one of the masterpiece of a Japanese culture and wisdom. So mm -hmm. Ikigai, if I want to put it in a very simple definition of mm -hmm. a word by word, it goes like reason to leave or mm -hmm. uh, the purpose of leaving. And, mm -hmm. and all you need to do in order to find out what is your Ikigai, you just need to answer four simple questions to get to the center of your purpose of leaving. And they are, the first one is to just ask yourself, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? Mm -hmm. Something that you truly love it. And you can just get mesmerized in the process and not notice the time passed, you know? Mm -hmm. So what's this, what is something that easily comes to you and gets you into your flow state, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, you may not necessarily be very good at it, but mm -hmm. doing it doing it naturally, it creates a joy for you, a state where uh, you feel fully involved, very satisfied. And, and time, you know, sometimes just passing without you noticing it. Mm -hmm. So when I started to discover my own Ikigai, I noticed that I love to share knowledge. You know, I, I, uh, I love to impact people's life through teaching and mentoring and mm -hmm. coaching, training, facilitating. So that is what we call it as the first questions. What do you love to do? Mm -hmm. Now, the second questions in Ikigai, which we need to answer is, what is the things that you are pretty good at it? You mm -hmm. see, being good at something represents either your talent mm -hmm. or something that you have put massive practice into it. So you see, you know, you know, you are good at something without discounting yourself nor faking it. It's something that not only you know it, but also other people have acknowledged you being very good at it many, many times. So mm. this is called the Johari Windows, right? Mm. So I, for, for example, I love to play music. But truth to be told, I'm not good at it. Mm. It took me such a long time to become fluent 
at playing certain musics, right? Mm. So I know people who can play music without any struggle. They, they, they even rarely practice much, you know. It's just like a God-gifted talent for them. Mm. I, I would choose giving presentation mm-hmm. uh, uh, for something that I am good at it. And it has been time after time. Uh, it's been acknowledged by some of my uh, close circle or some of my participants as, as my strength. So that doesn't mean I have reached the highest level, but in comparison with other communication method, like, like listening or asking questions, it, it can stand basically as one of my strongest uh, part. Yeah. So, okay. The first two questions are what you love to do mm. and what uh, you are naturally pretty good at. Correct. Right? Correct. So for me, I love to shop online uh-huh. and I'm pretty good at it. So <laughs> can it be like reading or cycling or dancing? Yeah, it, it could be any area. But, you know, there are sometimes people say like, you know, I love to sing. Mm. But then after you're listening to the voice, right, you are kind of like, you know, well, maybe you can try something <laughs> different. So loving something to do, but being good at it, it's mm. it's completely different things mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but it could be any area you know it really doesn't matter it could be reading cycling dancing sleeping you know anything anything but you see the key points that i would like to establish in ikigai is that the first two questions are only leading you to your hobby mm. you know if if you can if you cannot answer the next two question that is not going to be something sustainable so what's the other two yeah so the the third questions it's that How does it impact the world? Mm. You know, this question aims to connect us to the world because a life purpose won't make any sense if nobody needs it, right? Mm. So you might have a clear vision in your head, but if nobody supports it, it will easily be be perished. You know, it mm. will just die off after a while. So people won't follow what you're doing. They follow why are you doing it. So is, is, is that solely satisfy your own needs or it's to help everyone achieve their needs? You see, mm. a life purpose will not sustain if it's not meant to address certain needs of humanity. Mm. The goal at this junction is to find out who else could potentially get benefited from your gift. Mm. So you can make a positive impact in the world by the gift that you have within you. So when I ask myself this question, you see, my way of impacting the world is by teaching and sharing the knowledge and how to be on, on how to be in control of their life and career. So yeah. and that's why we're sitting here and doing this podcast. Exactly, right. So th- this is the, the, the third question. So the fourth question, which this is what I love about Japanese method, because it, it's, it's bring it to reality and connect it to the real life situation. Mm-hmm. So the fourth one is, how are you going to get paid for it? How are you going to make money out of it? So th- this is actually is very interesting about Ikigai because it's not only designed to help you find your purpose, but it's also trying to make sure you are making a positive impact in the world. And it's also recognized the importance of sustainability and not just being a fancy or superficial exercise. For us to thrive in life, we need some form of sustainable income. Mm. And your Ikigai must somehow drive your economic engine. Mm. I, I, I know a lot of people that what they do in their life, in their day-to-day life, is very different 
uh, from what they truly passionate about it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and when I ask them, like, hey, why you don't follow your passion? You know, they always say like, you know, oh, yeah, you can't really make money out of this, this stuff. So I have to do another full time job. Mm-hmm. So you see, this is where Ikigai become very interesting. And at the heart of these four questions, what you love to do, what are you very good at? Who needs this or who is your customer and how you're going to make money out of it? You can actually discover what is named as your Ikigai. So that is how Ikigai connect back to um, uh, to the world that we are living in. Yeah, okay. So in that case, right, my online shopping only answer three out of four. So that's not my Ikigai right Correct. now. Unless I get paid to shop. Yep. I mean, why not, right? <laughs> that's okay. your assignment. Um, okay. So Reza, can our Ikigai change when we grow older? Well, of course. The answer is actually mm-hmm. yes. We evolve throughout our life. Mm-hmm. See, what, what you love last time, not necessarily going to be there forever. But mm-hmm. you see, if you are really gifted in something, it will always be part of your life and career somehow or other. Yeah? Yeah. I remember growing up, I used to love to play the drum and um, archery. Mm-hmm. I did love it. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if I'm actually really good at it. And of course, <laughs> growing up, my parents said, uh, said never thought that it would going to be something to that will pay the bill when I grow up. Right. Correct. So uh, there's always something that's more important to do. So like studying uh, hard and then get a job and work. So how um, can someone but but I know this uh, what we call this uh, this this things if i actually would stick to it be uh practice drums every day i could probably be a famous drummer right yep, yep. or i could you know uh represent malaysia in archery in the olympics mm. so i think at that point of time there was no consistency yeah. because uh it was not deemed as important Correct. right so how can someone establish a proper Systematic consistency. Yeah. So one of the most, I would say, like strongest systematic inconsistency is a daily tracking system. Mm-hmm. See, for example, writing the book, the, the, this, this in control book has been on top of my yearly resolution for the past five years. I knew I needed to do it. I was convinced that I could do it. But for some reason, I kept putting it off. Mm. You know how life gets busier and there are hundreds of other things to do beside working on your personal goals, right? I started many times, wrote for a few weeks, but when I was about to build a habit, Mm -hmm. something would happen. So it was like, you know, it, it was an important project would come up, you know, a rocky month, uh, or uh, some great opportunities that though uh, it, it was really tough to say no to, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's about it. It's just gone, you know? A day or two missed and I forget about the habit. My whole goal was suddenly pushed to the following year. Mm-hmm. So I, I must credit the turning point to James Clear, the mm-hmm. author of the book called Atomic Habits, highly recommended, yeah. in which, you know, he, he, he talked about this interesting study by British Journal of Health Psychology named, um, uh, what's the name, Making Health 
habitual. You know, it's it's a psychology of habit formation, uh, and that's that's an amazing article. You know, I I would I would give a hundred percent credit to this 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 uh, article and the recommendation by James Clear. According to that study, you know, this is what they found: the way we form a habit starts with they call it as initiation phase. You know, by selecting a new behavior. That's that's the first step. Mm-hmm. So following it would be a learning phase in which we we kind of like automatically gets developed uh, we, uh, by by repeating the behavior. So first you select the behavior. The second part you repeat the behavior, and then the last part of the habit formation they call it as stability phase. At that step, the habits already being formed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so how long do we need to be persistent in this journey? Oh, this, this is a very, very good question. Because still until today, most people are always thinking that, uh, you know, if you want to form a habit, you just need about 21 days. But, but you see, that study, which done by Dr. Maxwell, mm-hmm. Maxwell Maltz, uh, it goes back all the way to 1960. You yeah, know. I used to read that article that has to do uh, that you have to do something for 21 days correct to build a habit yes and this is what i actually also kind of learned in back in during my uni years yeah, yeah. still people are saying it you know still you hear people saying that you want to mm. build a habit just do it for 21 days but you see the recent study proved that you need at least 10 weeks mm. or to be precise you you need about 66 days to build a habit and i must admit i clearly noticed the 66 days habit cycle it was much nearer to reality compared to 21 days mm. you know i began to feel much greater mental and physical strength after 10 weeks of following my new set of habits so for our listeners who are also ambitious to write a book one day, mm. how exactly you did it? Okay, so you see, um, the, the, this is the fo- to following the technique. The first one, my goal was to publish the book. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was super clear. Mm-hmm. The second things that you have to pay attention is what are the actions that I needed to take, like researching, interviewing, writing, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, recording. So that is the second step. The Mm -hmm. third step was this this is then the plan I needed to when and where I wanted to take those actions. So so far, for example, uh, for my writing, I decided to do it from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. in my study room every single day. That Mm. was the plan. So then I needed to persist it for 10 weeks with no failure, with no failure. And every time you do it, you need to have this tick sheet that you just tick, you just tick. Every time you do it, you just tick and it works. And, you know, every day, every single day, every single day, including Saturday and Sunday, public holiday, even public holiday, Christmas. All of it. <laughs> New Year. <laughs> yes. So, Eid. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, while I was evaluating my progress, I noticed the first three weeks, which is 21 days, mm-hmm. I could still easily feel that continuing the habit is not yet solidified. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels fresh. It feels uh, unstable. And I was still struggling to wake up in the morning. You know, it's like 
uh, it's like a cement that still feels wet, you know? Mm. So, however, the things got very, very different once I passed the six weeks. Mm. Now, waking up got a whole lot easier, you know? Mentally, I was much more inspired. I was ready to write, you know? Ideas started to flow much better faster that was amazing you know it was mm. like a miracle i could feel that my body uh was supporting me mm. and it, it it was very different feeling compared to the first three weeks i i also had this uh, a feeling of guilt you know so if i if i started to giving up you know it thinks just like it was so hard for me you know i i felt so guilty yeah. and slowly you can see that things start to get so natural yeah because you you've put the effort you know like you've it's like you know when you invest money to it mm. and then you're like ah i should finish it. yeah you don't want to fail yourself yeah, right? yeah yeah so you see by the time mm. i reached to the nine weeks i could do it like taking a shower or brushing your teeth mm. it, it felt it felt so weird you know if i didn't do it mm-hmm. i was taking the habit table Day by day, now I feel stronger than ever, and there was no way on on earth I would let it let it fails this time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and and one bonus point that I can add it here for our listener is that if for any reason, for any reason, I mean, you know, life is sometimes you may not be able to to stick it for like every single day. If you miss it for one or two days. Don't let it mess by three days. Meaning that the third day, you should definitely continue, you mm. know? So missing it for one or two days is still fine. Okay, okay. okay. But don't let it become three days. <laughs> I, can, I can totally uh, relate to that, you know? Sometimes when I feel like I want to start a new habit, and then after that, I just miss it one time, and I feel like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do remember that uh, you have this habit tracker um, sheet uh, in our bathroom. Mm. Uh, I think that's a really strategic location because yeah. you brush your teeth every day. You take a shower every day, right? So having that, you know, putting it there, you you sort of like know that, you know, uh, this is something that I need to do, right? Yeah. And I hear sometimes people want to do it. And they love to do it, but because the goal is not their priority in life, they just keep it to themselves and um, year after year putting it off, like procrastinating, mm. right? Yeah. And so it's like losing, for example, losing weight. Mm. Um, that's actually a personal example. <laughs> uh, and learning new language. Um, so is there any way to put an extra pressure on ourselves to make it happen? Um, like any form of commitment? Because... <laughs> We keep on saying, okay, I want to lose weight. Uh, you know, the resolution is to lose weight. Uh, but then what can we do to make sure that, you know, that we actually going to do it? Yeah, I, I personally found the best way to create that pressure is by making it public. Ah. You see, Daniel Kahneman wrote this book called Thinking Fast and Slow. So mm-hmm. he spoke about this principle called uh, l- l- Lost aversion or lose aversion uh so he he said that people would often rather not lose something important to us than gain something this Mm. is so brilliant you see if you can leverage on this 
you can actually deceive yourself to achieve extraordinary result. I heard a very similar story from legendary Zig Ziglar where he talked about printing 3,000 copies of a book where in this book, he talks about himself as a successful, very fit guy. Mm -hmm. But at the time he talked about it, he was still overweight. (laughs) Can you imagine that? And he already (laughs) printed those books. So he then needed basically to lose a lot of weight in order to become the person he described in the book. Mm-hmm. before it starts selling the book. <laughs> you see, can, can you imagine? That's crazy, you know? That's, yeah. that's ridiculous, but very powerful. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? It's a public shame that no one is willing to face, you know? Yeah, it's like the story of the guy burning the boat so that mm. you can have no way to escape. Exactly. So, <laughs> so this, this really challenge, uh, the, it, it, this challenge basically really, really caught my attention as well. Mm-hmm. I, and I did it to myself by just sharing something with, uh, with, with the public or promising something that I had not yet achieved or done. Mm. And now you are going to move mountains to make it happen mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you do not want to get embarrassed in front of the uh, all those people uh, for for whom, you know, you have like a reputation, mm. you know. So the bigger, the, the bigger, the heavier the responsibility, the higher the accountability going to be as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I first tried this technique for losing weight where I announced in front of all my colleagues mm-hmm. that I was going to lose 10, uh, 10 kg within three months. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, they can call me fat boy. <laughs> you see, mm-hmm. so the fear of being called fat boy mm-hmm. really worked on me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 di- I didn't dislike the, uh, the exercise, you know, it was just hard to turn it into a routine. Mm-hmm. So I know I should do it, but I was always procrastinated. So I could feel the pressure that Zig Ziglar described about the book. You know, I was waking up early in the morning to go running. And I could imagine those guys calling me names, you know, if I can't achieve it. So I pushed myself to the maximum and uh, made my first weight loss challenge, you know. Mm. And, and, and I used the same technique, basically, for writing the book. You know, I made the decision to announce it in my uh, LinkedIn, in my Facebook that was a major decision at that time. I, I, it, was, it was exactly 31st December 2019 when I announced I was going to write a book in, in, in the year 2020. So mm. I did it. I shot a video. I posted it. And I could feel the burden with every like, every comment, you know, mm. that the pressure was getting higher and higher. But I'm glad I did it. Otherwise, you would not be reading the book right now. Okay, right. Thank you very much, Reza. I think let's continue to talk about consistency in our next episode, okay? Mm. So what we've learned uh, today, there's four things that we've learned. Uh, First one, we need to find our purpose. Um, That is why we want to do certain things. And the second one is uh, find your ikigai. Uh, Basically, uh, looking for things you love to do, whether you're good at it, uh, making an impact with it, and getting return for it, either monetary or non-monetary wise. And the third thing is um, that 21 days to build habit theory has long been debunked, all right? It actually takes more than that, um, 10 weeks at least. And the last one is openly share your commitment so people around us 
can hold us accountable and give positive pressure for us to consistently commit to what we plan to do. So if you have something that you want to work on uh, and you've been putting it off, try these four tips first, okay? And don't get stuck with one day. You are in control to make your day as day one. So just do it, okay? So we hope this conversation has inspired you to know and learn more with us. Don't forget to tune in to our next podcast. And as always, we love to have you around and thank you for listening.